This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. What is the truth in this public health funding debate? This morning, both Toronto's Medical Officer of Health, Eileen Davila, and Board of Health Chair Joe Cressy spoke about the devastation that will be caused to Toronto public health programs if the provincial PCs follow through on planned funding cuts. At the same time, Provincial Health Minister Christine Elliott and Social Services Minister Lisa McLeod are tweeting today about Joe Cressy's so-called fear-mongering, basically calling him out for lying. Here's some of what they're saying on Twitter. Christine Elliott, let me be clear, she posts, the financial impact of these updates will amount to one-third of a percentage point of the City of Toronto's annual budget, hardly a billion dollars. She, in another post, and there were several of them, writes, The Health Protection and Promotion Act is abundantly clear that municipalities have always been responsible for funding public health. Regardless, we will continue to do our part, and I have every expectation that Toronto Public Health will continue to be properly funded. That's from Christine Elliott, the Provincial Health Minister. Lisa McLeod, the Social Services Minister, on Twitter this morning. Lies, she posts. No cuts to school breakfast programs, increase in education funds, increase in mental health funds. Affected does not include breakfast programs unless, she writes, Toronto decides to not flow the money that I am sending them. That's from Lisa McLeod on Twitter, Ontario's Social Services Minister. Board of Health Chair Joe Cressy was asked by reporters this morning how he would respond to these tweets. Well, in fact, the two ministers are wrong, uh, and I'm happy to explain. Uh, The province has announced, and we have quadruple-checked the numbers, with the province and with the mayor's office, a $102 million cut to our budget of $255 million. The student nutrition program that provides 212,000 kids in our city healthy breakfasts every day to improve their learning and improve their health is funded in the following. $6.4 million from the province, a little over $6 million from private donors, and $14 million from Toronto Public Health. Toronto Public Health is the primary funder of student nutrition programs in this province. When you cut $102 million of Toronto Public Health's budget, we have less money to spend on student nutrition and water quality testing and vaccines. This province likes to use words like fear-mongering. We prefer to respond with facts. And the facts are clear on this. It would seem that's what's being said by Joe Cressy is diametrically opposed to what's being said by the ministers. We want you to know that Fight Back reached out to both the health ministry and the social services ministry, and no one was available to talk with us today about this. And we want to provide balanced coverage, obviously. So right now, we can only go by what the health minister and the social services minister are saying in their tweets. 
I want to hear from you on this. What public health programs have you used? And I know we've all used the Dine Safe program if you've been to a restaurant in the city with uh, the green passes in the window so that you know a public health inspector has been there and has deemed to um, uh, say that that restaurant is publicly healthy. People can go in there and dine and feel good about the way the food is being prepared and the environment in which it is being prepared. Someone who knows a lot about public health, and, and first of all, let me give you the numbers there, sorry, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. On the line with us now, former city councillor and former Board of Health Chair for the City of Toronto, Joe Mahavik. Joe, thanks for joining us uh, in this ongoing discussion. Good to be on your show. Thank you for taking me. Joe, you must be watching, listening, digesting what you're hearing on both sides. Uh, so your reaction now that you're actually out of the fold at the moment with the city? Yeah, well, I, I was uh, Libby. I was the... Jane. It's Jane health. today. Oh, sorry, Jane. I'm, I'm My apologies. No worries. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was the uh, city councillor chair of the Board of Health during the SARS era. And out of that whole almost tra- massive tragedy where public health really shined, there was a report issued by an eminent who eventually became eminent scientist, Dr. Dr. David Naylor, who then became the president of the University of Toronto. And the report basically identified that we need to strengthen our public health systems in the province of Ontario, that that was absolutely essential to a good, healthy city. And so the province started to increase funding after that point to facilitate that happening. And that's what's at risk here. What we're essentially doing is weakening public health. And what I like to say is, you know what? With public health, you either pay me now, small dollars, or you pay me later in big dollars. Mm -hmm. What's the value of of a vaccination? Well, the value of a vaccination is, is that tomorrow your children when they become teenagers, to not get the various diseases that come when they're not well protected. So those are the kinds of things that are at risk uh, right now. I don't know if we had you on hold when I was uh, reading the tweets from both Christine Elliott and Lisa McLeod, uh, the health minister and the social services minister. But they are saying that Joe Cressy is fear-mongering, that there's been no cut to public health money, that... They're changing their funding model, but if the city of Toronto follows suit, there should be no issues. The breakfast programs, public health will be funded as always. Who are we to believe here? Well, I guess the province at the end of the day is making these cuts. It's 102 or so million dollars that they are cutting from the public health budget. So the city is faced with one of two alternatives to forward the cuts to public health and make them cut programs, all the programs that uh, Councillor Cressy uh, mentioned. That's option number one. Option number two, it can do a new property tax uh, increase or find money from other programs that will then get cut um, in the city's budget. Oh, I see. I suppose we could act as the savior, uh, but then really, if the province's concern is the taxpayer, then why are they really downloading a cost onto the city. What they're essentially doing is going from the previous cost-sharing method, which was the province puts in 75 cents mm-hmm. and the um, 
and the city puts in 25 cents on the dollar. That's the ratio. And they want to change it to a 50-50 model, which was the model that existed before SARS. And that was the model that was deemed to be too cheap on the provincial side, which was then tempting to cities to cut public health programming. And that's what the province at that time, post-SARS, did not want to have happen. Okay, so what the ministers are saying is, we're providing you less funding, but if you rejig your own funding, you can have the same funding for the same programs. That's right, and uh, you know, I've, I've been at, I've been at City Hall for 27 years. Uh, we have cut, then we cut again. We've been cutting for 25, 20, 25, 30 years. There is no fat in that there. A system. Well, and so that's they, what I want to ask you. Like, how how do the taxpayers of Toronto, who are also the taxpayers of Ontario, how do they feel confident? How do we feel confident knowing that the money is being used properly for Toronto public health programs? Well, there are many many eyes that are that watch the public health budget. We have a a city hall politically driven audit committee. There are internal auditors, the Ministry of Health, which gives us that 75 uh, cent dollars. They also have an annual uh, review of our programs to make sure that they are up to speed and that they are being managed effectively. There are many, many eyes watching public health dollars. And I'll tell you, all the reviews that I've seen in my years, and uh, I've been chair on and off for over 20 years, um, have come back with very positive results. In fact, they've come back with results saying, you need to invest more in this, not less in this. So we can feel good that the public health programs we have in this city uh, are being run well with the money that they're getting. And and there are a number of them, right? You mentioned uh, immunization, uh, breakfast programs, prenatal, sexual health, the Dine Safe program, which has been internationally recognized. No, no smoking pro smoking cessation programs. You know, every time we spend a dollar on public health, let's say around immunization, it saves the taxpayer really sixteen dollars. All in public health, every dollar you invest in public health saves on average somewhere between eight to ten dollars on the healthcare side. So that's why I use that image. You can pay me now small dollars or big dollars later on when uh, when people get sick, and that's. That's the dilemma. So if you want to be tight with your money, and of course we all want to be frugal and smart with the way we we spend our money, the answer is to invest in public health because that then allows you to have savings on the healthcare side of things with doctors, nurses, hospital visits, uh, and, and, and so on. Public health, when you see uh, countries in the global south where they have very, very few resources, for healthcare of any sort, including public health, what the smart countries do is they invest a lot on the upfront side of things, which is the public health side of things. That's what the smart money does. All right, Bob in Etobicoke wants to get in on the conversation. Bob, go ahead, have yeah, your say. I'm, I, I listen to all, all these different the people in education, the people in healthcare, and I look at it as, as a taxpayer, there is only so much money to go around. And I think the governments who we elect to run this, not unions, are are really acting in the best interests of a, the general public. Now, 
the health facilities we get today is a lot better. Like, for example, new innovations, uh, gallbladder operation, you're in and out. Uh, uh, you get knee replacements on day surgery. At one time, you were in for three, four days, hobbling around with a can- All of these... So these health people who are crying, well, we need more money, we need more money. You've got new facilities, they're building new hospitals, they're giving them the best of equipment, and yet they still think they need more money, more money. I think the government is wise in what they're doing. As far as the education goes, They uh, one time people used to have two to four kids. Everybody had two to four kids. You're lucky if they have one to two now. So we don't need as many teachers as we used to have. When I went to school, on a young school, in public school, there was seven classes in the small schools. Okay, Bob, I appreciate what you're talking about, but today, and we will address education again, we are talking about public health. And, uh, I mean, but I take your point, and Joe, maybe you can explain why, once again, that you're, you're actually saving money by investing in public health. I mean, I really buy what you're saying because it makes sense. If you can prevent public health issues... Uh, even in one individual, that person doesn't need to go into the healthcare system. No, that, that, that's exactly right. And so right now, uh, we are doing a lot of education work in public health around type 2 diabetes and heart health. And the reason is just because we lead a more sedentary life and um, we're not as active and we're not watching what we eat as much as we used to. We're not eating enough fruits and vegetables. And so these massive campaigns that we, we do, and they're education campaigns, to get people to exercise, to eat well. And those are relatively, they're a few millions of dollars. But the big bucks, the big bucks are really, you can treat them beforehand or spend big, big bucks getting people to have more heart exams, uh, getting people open heart surgery, all the medical interventions that happen down the line because you didn't invest in these programs early on. Let me so ask you this, Joe. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Finish Finish your thought. I'm sorry. So we can buy all this expensive heart uh, machinery for your heart, for type 2 diabetes and so on, expensive medications, or you can front end the money. That's, it's a perfect example of how you may think you are saving money, but I guarantee you in a few years, the province will have a very, very different me- message when they start seeing emergency rooms fill up, when they start seeing other kind of expenditures in the formal primary care and acute care system when they see those expenses going up and up and up. Let me ask you this, Joe, before I let you go, uh, and this maybe is an indication of whether we have been spending our money wisely in Toronto public health. How healthy is the Toronto public? Well, there, there are always areas of improvement. If you look at the, at the um, death rate, it continues to climb. And it's all these, I'll tell you one one of the biggest interventions was the no smoking bylaw. So when I was a kid, we had a smoking rate of 50%. When we introduced the no smoking in restaurants bylaw, we were at 25% and now we're at 10%. Well, guess what? That is bumping up the quality of life and the life expectancy of Torontonians, Ontarians, and Canadians across the board. That was a very smart, low-cost intervention very early on that uh, allowed us to be healthier people. We do have one of the longest uh, lifespans uh, on the planet, and I think it's because of the, well, one of the reasons, of course, is the 
public health programs uh, that we have in place. We don't want to risk that. Joe, thank you again for weighing in on this conversation. Uh, We will probably have another one down the road. Thank you. Look forward to it. Thank you so much. Joe Mahavik, former Toronto City Councillor, former Board of Health Chair. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.